You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. Great is thy faithfulness. All we need has been provided by him. Do you fear the future? Do you have doubt? Well, thanks be to God, you can be set free from that right now in your living room, in your basement, in your bonus room, in your man cave, in your she shed, wherever you are. You can lift up your hands, fully surrendering to God. And I want you this morning, wherever you are this afternoon, to pray these words after me. Oh, God Almighty, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take away the fear and the doubt that has shackled me, that has kept me from reaching my full potential in you. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Speak through me. Live through me. Love through me. Hallelujah. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a man who went to his 20th high school reunion And he ran into a girl that he had a crush on when he was in high school. She was captain of the cheerleading team, very popular, but she was very sweet, very loving, and very kind. He had a crush on her all four years of high school, but he was fearful of asking her out because he didn't want to be rejected. And so he's at his high school reunion, and he runs into that girl. And they begin to talk, and she reveals to him, you know, when we were in high school, I had a crush on you. I was so hoping that you would ask me out, but you, you never did. And he just held his head low, thinking of what could have been. Because of fear, he missed out on an opportunity to date this wonderful, beautiful girl. How about you? Is there something in your life right now that you want to accomplish, that you want to do, but you're fearful? You don't think you're, you're good enough? Let me tell you something. Go for it. Go for your dreams. Put that in God's hands. Ask for his wisdom and his guidance. And if you don't make it, the door closes. He's got another door waiting for you to run through, another opportunity for you. You know, fear shuts down all the opportunities that are out there. They really does. It keeps us blinded. I want to share something with you. Fear is the very opposite of faith, which God has called us to. Now, some would say fear and faith are the same thing. Both of them mean believing in something that you can't see. Well, I'm not sure about that. But let's focus on that just for a moment, this this fear of the future. Now, today's lesson from John's Gospel tells us that on the very first evening of that day of the week, when the disciples were together, when the doors were locked, For fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and he stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet and his wounded side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw him. You know, we can identify with these anxious, fearful disciples of Jesus, can't we? After all, it was the Sunday evening following Jesus' crucifixion. This had been a traumatic weekend for these disciples. Can we blame them for being nervous in the upper room? The doors were shut, says John. 
for fear of the Jewish leaders. How tragic is it that any time the doors of the church would be shut because of fear? We know that all too well, don't we, living in these times? You know, there was a time when many churches in this land were never locked. Few churches would risk that today. We fear someone would carry the church away. That's why we have church security teams and cameras and things like that. But you know, even back then, there were days and times where the doors were shut. The allegedly golden days of the church where many of us grew up. There were doors, for example, that were shut against people of other races. How tragic it is when fear, which is at the heart of any prejudice, shuts the doors of a church. How tragic it is when fear shuts the door of a person's heart. In today's gospel lesson, we read about Thomas, and he's stereotyped as doubting Thomas. But think about Thomas for a moment. He wasn't there when Jesus first appeared to the disciples, and he says, peace be with you. He hears about it later when the disciples tell him, and he doubts because he's not there. Think about the turmoil that he faced that entire week before Jesus revealed himself to them again, what he must have thought, what he must have went through the sleepless nights. Is he alive? Did he really appear? How many opportunities have you missed out on where people tell you, man, you should have been there. Oh, it was a great service. It was a great concert. It was a wonderful party and you missed out on it and you really doubt how good it was or what happened. And yet if you'd have been there, you could have experienced it. That's what Thomas went through. Maybe you're doubting right now. Sally had a beautiful prayer this morning. Maybe you're doubting about your paycheck. Are you going to get one? Yeah, you got the stimulus, but you look at it and you're like, uh, that's only going to last maybe a couple of weeks or a month. What am I going to do next month? Maybe you're doubtful about your job, your future, maybe even your marriage. Maybe you're getting on your spouse's nerves right now. Maybe your kids are getting to you. Maybe you're overwhelmed with this homeschooling thing and balancing everything. It's just too much, and you have a lot of doubt, and you have a lot of fear right now. It happens, doesn't it? Fear overwhelms us, and we draw into our own private world because something out there, it's just, it's just too threatening. We don't want to do it. We don't want to face it. I'm not sure I have the ability or the strength or the energy because I'm just tired, Lord. How about you? Are you living behind closed doors because of fear? The greatest mistake you can make in life is continually fearing that you'll make one. It's the truth. You need to write that down, don't you? The greatest mistake you can make in life is continually fearing that you'll make one. Fear of the future, it can torment us. It can paralyze us from taking action to prevent the very things we fear most from coming to pass. The what-ifs in life. What if I lose my job? What if I get a life-threatening disease? What if I get COVID-19? What if my kid makes some stupid mistake? What if the economy collapses? What if this sheltering in place, it lasts all summer? What if college football is canceled? The list can go on and on and on, can it? To where we can't sleep at night. We waller in our beds. We're so fearful. We're so accept. So I'm so doubtful of what's happening. When you are fighting fears about your future and you need clarity, let me tell you something. Just cast all your cares 
and all your concerns to the Lord. You can vent to him. He's big enough to take whatever you want to dish out at him. You know, these fears about the future may haunt you, but it is not God's will for your life to live under that pressure. Remember, fear is a liar. God has not given us a spirit of fear. While we can't control what the future holds, we can take certain steps to help fashion our future to the image we desire. If we eat right and exercise, we increase the likelihood of having a long life. If we live within our budget and save money, then it's more likely we can have a retirement without financial burden. While it's good to be concerned enough about your future to make wise choices today, don't let your concern turn into worry or fear. Remember, fear is not of God. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 27. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Trust God that no matter what happens, he will take care of you. There's an old song. It's written in 1901 that really hammers home this message of trusting God to take care of you. Be not dismayed whatever time God will take care of you. indeed, he will take care of you. Even if you have made mistakes and made wrong decisions, he will sustain you. He will bring you out. Trust in him and he will give you peace and clarity. The Bible is God's guide for your life and it says to you, trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean on not your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. One reason the disciples were hiding behind closed doors may have been the proliferation of rumors in Jerusalem at the time of Jesus' crucifixion. John says that the disciples were behind closed doors because of fear of the Jewish leaders. There's no indication in the Scripture that such fears were justified. There is no evidence that the violence of that terrible weekend went beyond the torture of the death of Jesus. But surely there were rumors. It's always that way. Whenever there is conflict between rival groups, rumors fly. Fear escalates. Reason is suspended. Sometimes the results of such rumors are relatively mild. In a 1973 comic monologue on The Tonight Show, hosted by Johnny Carson, he repeated a rumor that had been making the rounds in local newspapers that the local stores were running out of supplies of, guess what? Toilet paper. Yes. You want to know what happened? That week, millions of shoppers ran out and stocked up on extra toilet paper just in case the rumors were true. It was a national phenomenon. Just the rumors of a possible toilet paper shortage almost led to a real toilet paper shortage all over the U.S. Does that sound familiar? Yes, it does. You know, rumors can sometimes provide us with self-fulfilling prophecy. Rumors fly that the country is running out of toilet paper. And because of the fear engendered by the rumor, people start buying it up. And soon the country nearly does run out of toilet paper and paper towels and hand sanitizers and wet wipes and all the above. Sometimes, however, the power of idle rumors can have much more tragic consequences. Idle rumors can ruin a life. Believe me, I know firsthand. They can start a rebellion. They can trap good people behind closed doors because of fear. There was no evidence that the Jewish leaders intended to harm any of Jesus' followers, but there were rumors, and that was enough to destroy the sense of well-being for those first followers of our Lord. We should be able to identify with those early disciples. There is much fear in our society right now. The fear is often fed by rumor. We have perfected the rumor mill in our society. We have the press. And I don't mean to knock the press because there's some good press out there, and you know that. But no, no paper or television really wastes ink or airtime on good news anymore. Bad news is good news for the nation's media. A steady stream of bad news feeds many people's fears. And we have blogs on the Internet many of them characterized by fake news. They're dedicated to stoking people's fears as well. Fear can be so irrational. Did you know, for example, that you are 11 times more likely to die from a stroke than be murdered? If we are as careful to watch our diet as we are to lock our doors at night, we would all be in much better shape, wouldn't we? (laughs) The disciples were hovering behind locked doors. First of all, because of the proliferation of rumors. In the second place, they were hovering behind closed doors because they had temporarily misplaced their faith. These were not atheists or agnostics that Jesus had recruited. They were not religious scholars by any means, but they surely had some familiarity with the Psalms. They probably grew up reciting the Lord is my shepherd in their synagogues. 
They're familiar with Joshua and Moses and a host of other heroes in the Old Testament. They knew that the Lord was the rock of their salvation who would never forsake them. Where is their faith now? The faith that had sustained them from the time they were infants. I might ask you the same thing. Where is your faith right now? Besides that, they had seen Jesus. Some of them for three years. They had seen him. They had been with him. They had witnessed his miraculous miracles. They had heard him speak the very word of God. And yet they were still fearful. How many times had Jesus told them not to be afraid? Someone has noted that there are 366 fear not verses in the Bible, one for each day of the year and an extra one for leap year. Isn't that something? Had not any of it rubbed off on these disciples? At a time of crisis, that time of crisis came and they had gone back to acting as they did before Jesus ever called them to follow him. Where was their faith? It's like a small boy who was riding a bus home from Sunday school one day. He was very proud of the card he had received that day in class, which had a picture and a caption that read, have faith in God. Then to his dismay, the card slipped from his hand and fluttered out the window. Stop the bus, he cried. I've lost my faith in God. The driver pulled the bus to a stop and the boy climbed out and went to retrieve his card. One of the adult riders smiled and made a comment about the innocence of youth. A more perceptive adult observed, all of us would be better off if we were that concerned about our faith. Under stress, isolation, something like that often happens to us. We temporarily lose our faith. We misplace it and we go back to acting as if we had never heard of the gospel. We do this even though we know that faith is our greatest ally. Those who trust in a good and just God, they never lose hope. They realize that God never changes. He is forever the same, forever constant, and he has not left us. He is right here by our side, and we can trust God to take care of us. You know, such faith not only makes us easier to live with, but it's also of great benefit in dealing with some of our greatest fears. Henry Ward Beecher once said, every day has two handles. We can take hold of it with the handle of anxiety or the handle of faith. The disciples had hold of the handle of anxiety, which is next week's sermon, by the way. They were hiding behind closed doors because of the proliferation of unfounded rumors. They were hiding because they had temporarily misplaced their faith. Principally, however, they were hiding behind closed doors because they felt abandoned. Do you feel abandoned right now? Do you feel lost? There was something about the presence of the master that gave them a sense of calm even in the presence of imminent danger. There was that time that he calmed the storm and he walked out to the boat where they were huddled. The first word he spoke were these, fear not, it is I. Where was he now? He was crucified. His body had been stolen from the tomb, absent from them in flesh and in spirit. There they were, sheep without a shepherd. You know, children whose parents abandoned them, they feel lost. They feel like they have no hope. 
And that's how the disciples felt. Psychologists tell us that this is one of the greatest fears of childhood. Parents leaving children in the church nursery for the first time have to give the children a lot of assurance. Deep in the hearts of those children is the fear that their parents aren't coming back. Where's mommy going? Where's daddy going? That fear continues with us over a lifetime. This is one of the most crippling results of the divorce on some children. Why has daddy abandoned me? Doesn't he love me anymore? Why did mama leave? Did I do something wrong? Teenagers have much of the same devastation when called upon to handle the death of a parent. We're usually not aware of it, but that emotion stays with us our entire lives. A new widow or widower will often have an overwhelming sense of abandonment, such as also the experience of life without God. But God has not abandoned us. He has not abandoned his people, his children, who he's called by name. The disciples, they huddled behind those closed doors because they felt abandoned. But they were not abandoned. Listen, here is the good news. Christ can penetrate the closed doors of our lives. Listen to the reading from John's gospel once again. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. There is the best antidote I know to fear that so easily besets us. It is to experience the presence of the risen Christ, to see the marks of love for us in his hands and in his side, to hear him say, as he said to those early disciples, peace be with you. Do you want to experience that peace right now, wherever you are? I want you to create some space for God. Wherever you are right now, you might be in the car, pull over. Create some space for God. Because when we create space for God, he's there. I want you to get low and get to the ground. And I want you to lift up your hands and close your eyes and just be still. And wait for the Holy Spirit. Bring nothing but yourself and your desperation, your utter dependence on God. Ask him to come. You prayed this prayer at the very beginning. Holy Spirit, come, fall afresh upon me. And the Spirit is there. And now I want you to release whatever the fear is, whatever the doubts are, release them into his care. Say, Lord, here are my fears. Maybe there are too many to name, and you just say, I cast all my fears, all my cares upon you, Lord. Rid me of these doubts, Lord. Make me new. Confirm in me today, right now, Lord, that fear is a liar. And you are a waymaker. You bring forth truth and new life. And I surrender to that new life right now. You may have made that commitment years ago, but I invite you right now to recommit your life to Christ because you still have fear and doubt, don't you? 
He will take that and cast it into the depths of the sea and rejuvenate you, restore you, and make you whole, make you whole right now. Cast your cares upon him. Fear is a liar. Thank you, Lord, for receiving our fears and our doubts and setting us free to be the people you created us to be. We surrender to you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.